This, 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 this is mythical. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Dude, I'm going to 21 Savage with my nephew, Keon, and we are so hyped to see him. You have no idea. Uh, while you're doing that, Nicole, I'm going to be storming through the party like my name is El Nino because I'm going to be seeing some 41 <laughs> Skate Punk is back, and it's not pop punk. It is skate punk, but also they have so many more artists to choose from. You got Alanis Morissette, Cage the El. Elephant Nicole, you're not ready for this one. <gasps> Who is it? The Kids Bob Kids, baby. No way. <laughs> Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. That's right. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. You know what they say, beer before liquor, never been sicker. Yeah, liquor before beer, your pee will be clear. It's... That's not the line, Josh. You have to drink water for your pee to be clean. It's never been sicker. The main ingredient in beer is water. This, this is a hot dog, dog is a sandwich. sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Ayer. And I'm your host, Nicole Anaiti. And I was going to do the line from Forrest Gump. I want to see if you guys remember this. It's a very famous line, and I'll deliver it with accurate Tom Hanks impression. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I gotta pay. <laughs> Nicole didn't remember that line, and that really no, floored me. And that I was a seminal point. a lot of lines yeah. from movies. I've been on a real big boat. That's maybe my favorite one. Anyways, today, you're uh, so crazy. it's it's the end of January, depending on when the heck you're listening to this. Ooh, but yeah. by this time, you should have given up on dry January. Yeah. Probably I've gave never, up a couple weeks ago. I've never been a dry January person. I also, I, I don't know if you remember this. We had a podcast about- Are you particularly wet? <laughs> <laughs> In my head, because like dry means what? sober- and so I was like, you don't, my, what I was asking is like, you don't drink that often though. I, like you're not I a lush. I don't drink, I'm not a lush, but when I drink, I enjoy it. <laughs> That's what you're <laughs> That's such, me. That is such coding for like, yeah, I'm going to binge drink. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So remember when we had that New Year's resolution like podcast mm-hmm. and like, I just don't set resolutions because I think it's silly. Yeah. I like, I like put a word on it. Like, like this is the word of the year. And by like March, I forget it. So there's no. Did you have a word of the year this year? Not this year. What about last year? What was it? Last year, I think it was routine. Oh. Because I have I have none. <laughs> I kind of just wake up and I'm like, today's going to be a new day. What am I going to do? Who knows? Literally, that, my whole life was like Russian Like roulette. a vaudeville actor yeah, whacked yeah. out on one of them cough syrups that had, pretty you know, much, pretty <laughs> amphetamines, much. codeine, and heroin in it. All I knew was I would get up at nine for work and go home at six. But other than that, in between, who You get up at nine to no, get I'm sorry. here? At- I'm sorry. I get up at 7.30 and then like, who knows what, what the day has in store for me. But um, when it comes to like dry January, never done it because I think it's silly. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I have tried it in the past, and I only drank maybe twice, which is not bad. That doesn't, yeah. I, I mean, I've tried to go through, like, uh, stints where I haven't drank. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, one month, I think it was in October, this October, like, I didn't drink from the 1st until the 31st, but I drank, like, twice because, like, I was, like... like I know, that's how I it was, goes. like, at a baby shower, and, like, I was at a wedding, like, you know? Yeah. Mitzvahs. Gotta drink for mitzvahs. Gotta drink for mitzvahs. It's a bracha. <laughs> And it's so, a bracha. <laughs> it's a bracha. <laughs> Are you 15? Yeah. It's a bracha. <laughs> Anyways, so if your dry January has come to an end, we are here to help you make the most efficacious drinking decisions possible. We're talking yeah. about beer versus wine versus liquor. Also, if you are of age and use responsibly, because when it comes down to it, Alcohol is a really important part of human history and development. Yeah. Didn't, like, doctors put, like, whiskey on, like, open wounds and, like, wars and stuff? Yeah, and that is actually, that, <laughs> that is a valid way. Point for hard alcohol. Well, so so I guess eh, it's not that much of a point because alcohol is so poisonous that bacteria will die in it. So that's why you use it to clean a wound. I can't believe it. And so if you can use it to clean a wound and then you drink it for funsies to turn your brain off a little bit, I, I think that might be more of an indictment on alcohol. Aww. But no, uh, alcohol is the original recipe for beer, for instance, was sure. an ode to the goddess uh, Ninkasi so in it Mesopotamia. Was, so it was made on purpose. It was never like an accident, like, oh, like I left I left this, like some natural yeast got into this barley liquid. 
Uh, I'm sure that's probably, I feel like everything was a little bit accidental thousands of years ago, like uh, cheese, you know. Intention was a little, there's no such thing as intention, it was survival. Yeah, I don't think somebody looked at a cow and was just like, all right, so I'm going to pull on those little hangy thingies, a white liquid's going to come out, I'm going to slaughter that cow, I'm going to remove its stomach, I'm going to put the hangy thingy juice into the stomach, and then I'm going to let that sit, and then that's going to top my Caesar salad. I don't think they did that. Did you, have you ever milked a cow? I've never, no, have you? Can we go milk a cow? I don't know that I need to. Why do you need to? What do you mean? It's, it's, it's something. I don't look a, at a cow being milked and, and go, that's in my bag. That's what I should be you don't, doing right That's now. not on your bucket list? No, I want to kill a chicken. Okay, how about we, let's go to a farm. Oh, yeah. Josh, you know what we should just <laughs> do? Wait, wait, side note, tangent to the tangent to the tangent. We should go and like live on a farm for like a week. Mm-hmm. Like mythical kitchen should go to a farm. Yeah, real simple week. life stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Paris, you're Nicole. Well, obviously. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> so not, not. Okay. Um no, but I really do want to do that. I'm I'm totally in. Me, you, Lily, V, Trevor, Maggie comes with a camera. And we just, you kill a chicken, I milk a cow, they tend to the field, and we just hang out together. <laughs> like and we you rotate just put it. Them all in the no, field. <laughs> we rotate. We rotate. They're sowing the sorghum crops. <laughs> like, we're going to learn how to needlepoint? I don't know that I want that. I'm Josh! very content with my life right now, and I'm very content with my relationship to drinking. Nicole, oh, yeah. beer, liquor, wine, what is your poison and why? <sighs> it's hard liquor. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Wait, why though? Um, I have a very specific Okay, reason. for me, it's a matter of volume. Uh-huh. I feel like when I have a glass of wine versus a, a pint of beer versus a cocktail, mm-hmm. the volume of alcohol to the amount it poisons me is higher. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? Because like you said, it's poison. So I don't know. Something about just drinking a cocktail makes more sense or just having a shot and like a like – a, You, as a chef, and as, frankly, a leading food personality in the media space... Me? um, ...are deciding that liquor is best because of its volume to poison ratio. Nothing to do with, like, the taste or the Josh, history. let me or... tell you something. Let me tell you something. In life, you have to you have to chase. Sometimes in life, you got to linger on some things, you know? Sometimes in life, you want to savor certain <laughs> things. And, you know, take the slow route, you know? Just have a glass mm. of wine. Drink a beer sitting down with your buddies. No. I want <laughs> cocktail, and I want it now. There, there is nothing <laughs> better. True. So, um... When you're drinking, certain things become more fun. I feel I need to explain this. Are we One of those get, things. Are we going to get like a... Yeah, probably. Demonetized. Uh, again, um... Eating food is one of those. Like, there is nothing better than sitting down at a big communal meal and starting it with a single stiff drink to whet the appetite, right? That's literally the point Wet's of an— W-H-E-T, W-H-E-T, W-H-E-T. People assume it's W-E-T. No, no, I've already said the word wet too much this podcast. Uh, no, to whet the appetite, right? And that's the point—literally <laughs> the point of an aperitivo, right? Yeah, isn't aperitivo like to open the mouth? Yes. Or open the stomach? Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's a literal translation, but... Well, aper, like, apre, is after. Is before, so... Ap- so digest... Okay. Digestive is to digest oh, it. apertivo is a pre- open. to open. Yeah, see, I, I was close. Open I the stomach. Interesting. And then digestivo is to digest your food. But it sure does open the stomach. So my favorite drink is when you get to a restaurant, especially on like a weeknight, mm-hmm. right? Or even a dinner party. But it's like a weeknight and you have to travel kind of across the city. You drove 20, you 30 like minutes. You like doing that? No, no, no. I hate that. Oh, I hate okay, that. Okay. You got to travel 20, 30 minutes. You just got off of work. You tried to gussy yourself up in the work bathroom <sighs> a little try, bit. You tried. You struggled searching for parking a oh, little bit. God. And then you get that first sip of a Negroni. Negroni. Equal parts gin, Campari, and vermouth with an orange twist on it. Mm. That first sip, it's so bitter. It is bracing. It is saline. It's almost, Campari almost reminds me of pickle juice in a weird way. the aromatics in it. Okay. Like Cooley pickles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, But it, and then it is basically pure liquor, right? Mm -hmm. It's liquor with a little bit of fortified wine. It's all alcohol. It's all alcohol, right? And you get one of those in you and suddenly... The world's a little bit lighter, and you're way hungrier, and you want to make more conversation with people. Also, the bitter taste of aperitivos are generally bitter, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The bitter taste of that makes you want to get it out of your mouth more. Yeah, I think that's fair. Did you know that there was actually a study done that says people that like bitter flavors like Negronis and IPAs have a... Dark-sided tendency. Yeah, tend towards sociopathy. Did you see this? Sociopathy or psychopathy, I can't remember. 
What are we going to do about that? We both love Negronis. (laughs) I think we both tend a little bit towards psychopathy. You and I literally just had a discussion about how we're both reckless when it comes to decision making with no regard for self, right? Yeah. But I I literally think that is part of it because (laughs) to enjoy bitter flavors is literally you deliberately telling your body. Poison, poison, poison. I want poison. poison, poison, I like pain. That's that's what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And there's, you know— radicchio, bitter melon, there's other foods out there that got that. But to me, alcohol is specifically interesting because no wine will ever taste as good as Welch's grape juice in terms Hmm. of what your body wants. But what about At the end of the, the day, we're hummingbirds. We want sugar. Sugar is the thing that gives us energy. Yes, yes, we love sugar. Anything else that we uh, – wine, beer, alcohol, it's all poison. We've all convinced ourselves through thousands of years of human evolution and mm-hmm. culture um, that we should drink it. You yeah. Know? Well, it's interesting because, you know, I've – not to, like, uh, be a fancy lady, but, like, I've, I've pretty much – I've gone to, like, really cool beer places and really cool wine places and really cool, like – alcohol places when I say that I mean like I went to Oktoberfest yeah, like, yeah I sat down and I had like tons of different kinds of German beer oh do you remember what the best beer you drank at Oktoberfest was um I have a picture of it in my phone I don't remember exactly what it is but um we clinked our glasses so hard that I broke a cup but like that's those, all I remember <laughs> those are incredible memories right yeah yeah and it was it was really fun and the just the the culture of Oktoberfest and just sitting down in like a huge hall with strangers next to both of your shoulders and just cheersing and having a good time and drinking beer is incredible it's a very very fun thing but when it comes to the flavor of beer I've never been a beer drinker like IPAs uh-huh. make me want to vomit and die I hate IPAs <laughs> like I like I'll drink a Peroni if I'm like at dinner maybe I'll have a Peroni like something really light so it doesn't like one two punch me in the face. Yeah. And then for wine, I just went to Paso Robles and I had the most incredible experience at like a few wineries. Like I really tried some delicious things, some some like really beautiful vintages. And again, it's the culture that I really enjoyed. It was a little bit more private, like wine drinking culture is a little bit more like A to B, like me and like the wine taster yeah. more so. So it was a little bit more private and a little bit more hoity-toity, I'd say, instead of mm-hmm. like communal like beer drinking. Um, again, I think it's, I think the sommelier culture and, like, wine dude culture, it kind of, like, mars my experience because you have to be hella educated or else you look like a... Like a dum dum, yeah. Which I hate about wine culture. Yeah, same. And but it, that's what makes people in within wine culture. Love it gives it you so something. Much, right? It gives you something to like. Uh, it's that exclusivity that ex- makes you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you have like beer, which is rough and rowdy and fun, like the apex of like a good time. Wine culture is very private and intimate, and you need to know that there's notes of cherry and notes of oak or whatever. And then with cocktails, this one tastes like my leather <laughs> shoes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> It's got, this one tastes like it has fruit. <laughs> this is the fruit wine. That's the same thing. That's, that's me at a. That's any, Forrest Gump at a wine tasting in Sonoma Valley. I don't like the taste this very much, Jenna. Um, I, anytime I have to. I like drinking wine, and I enjoy wines more than others. I don't like having to think about it, and I don't like being put on the spot because my entire job is to have to sit here and think about words to spew out of my mouth hole. And so when I go out drinking with my brother, and he's like, what do you taste? And then looks towards the psalm, looks back to me, and I'm like, now I have to do my job? I came here to drink. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I'll troll it. I'm that person, too. I I don't like it. I troll it, and I love it. I just say, I don't know, but sometimes <laughs> I'll just start. I'll start saying um, almost like a Dadaist sound poem, you know, where yeah. they would just make up sounds and go and. Dadaism, it. very, very good, very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but last time I was just like, uh, I'm in. There's a stony brook running through a dark ravine. There's moss. It's damp. Sunlight is breaking through the canopy of the trees. You can smell the effervescence coming off as if the brook wants to will itself out of its own carapace, you know? And I just start saying stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I remember this one time, the psalm just goes, man, so my girlfriend's a poet and she doesn't know a lot about wine, but once I made her taste this Barolo and she looked at me and she just said, Polish lipstick. And I got it. <laughs> and I was just like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> what? But I mean, those are- So that's, crazy, so pretentious. I can't. Yeah. Like the wine culture, I just can't. 
But like cocktail culture, I really like something about like a bartender's going like, "Hey, Toots, what do you want?" Like pulling up their sleeves, and they have kind of like a uh, not a tie, but what is that? A vest? Like they're wearing a vest. Yeah, yeah. And like they they have like a towel they throw it over their shoulder, and then like, "What's up, Toots? What do you want?" They go shake, 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 pour, and they hand it to you, and they wink and they give it to you. Like I love that. I like that experience of like. Cocktail drinking culture. There's a certain amount of cultural coding and uh, non-gendered fraternity and brotherhood within every single, within beer, within wine, within cocktails. Yeah. I happen to be the most knowledgeable about cocktails. (laughs) And so I... (laughs) Fancy boy. (laughs) No, but I've always... And there's a very specific reason why I love liquor and cocktails more than anything else. Um, Specifically cocktails because it's, it's cooking, right? Mixology. There's a recipe. Yeah, there's a recipe. There's a recipe, and you can understand how – if you understand how to combine flavors, if you understand recipes yeah. – for instance, right, a Negroni, you know, is a one 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 of gin, Campari, vermouth. You know, That's Campari right. is an aperitivo. You think, what if I used a different aperitivo for this? Like, I used – um, Did I say Chinar? Chinar. Chinar, sorry. What if you used Chinar for a uh, – for a Negroni, what if you use Bonal quinine liqueur? And of course, you need to know what all these things are. Mm-hmm. I just troll the lines in Bevmo, and I look at stuff, That's and I fun. enjoy it. Uh, the other day, or you use chartreuse, and then you Google it, and you find out that somebody already did that. And a Negroni using chartreuse instead of Campari is called a bijou. And That's then right. you're like, wow, so all these cool. cool things. And I had a great experience at... It was at a wine bar in New Orleans called mm-hmm. Bacchanal, which was an incredible experience. I drank this really dark amber-colored skin contact. It's called, like, Rikitskali. It's a Georgian grape. Well, did a wine originate in Georgia? Wine did originate in Georgia, the Republic of. Um, Not so Maybe Atlanta. modern poetry. Um, oh, but yeah, really? And, and I thought Persians invented poetry. Ah, maybe. Uh, we invented everything. They both love to wrestle and lift weights, though. <laughs> yeah, Persians and Georgians. Kissing cousins. That's true. Um, but anyways, they had, a, uh, they had a cocktail bar upstairs. And you go to the cocktail bar, really cool-looking menu. They had something called a snowbird. And I was like... Huh, I don't, it seems just like an original, and it was mezcal, um, got some sort of dark liqueur, like uh, Amaro Nonino or something. Amaro Nonino? You once gave me a bottle of Nonino as a gift. Is my favorite, like, bottled, what is it? It's an Amaro. It's an Amaro, yeah. And Amaro means means bitter in in Italian. Amaro Nonino? Sweet, cinnamony, got that oranginess to it. With ice in a glass. That's all a girl wants after a hard day's work. It's great. So it was mezcal, Nonino, and pineapple and bitters. Wow, yum. Wow, and I was like, wow. Yummy. And then uh, the guy made it for me and I drank it. And I was like, oh, Snowbird. This is a play on a Jungle Bird, right? And the guy was just like, yeah, not many people. <laughs> jungle Bird, one of my <laughs> favorite funny. cocktails. It's a modern tiki never classic. Never have I ever had it. You've never had a Jungle Bird? <laughs> no. Come over. I want to make you one. Okay. <laughs> so uh, tiki drink culture, right? It came back, Typically, no? it's coming back. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's typically very sweet, filled with fruit juices, filled with bright colors, blue curacao, all that stuff. Somebody tried to make, like, a very spirit-forward, balanced tiki drink. And so it's, like, lemon, simple, pineapple, rum, and Campari. Simple means simple syrup for those that don't Sorry. know. Sorry. It's okay, chef. I'm an a-hole. Um, but uh, so it's basically pineapple, lemon, sugar, and, um, and Campari, which That's the really bitterness good. rounds it out. But you still get some of that sweet, bacterial, light acidity from the pineapple juice. The pineapple also gives it great body when you shake it. Sure. Really Pulpy. awesome. So, you know, like you eat a dish and you're like, oh, this is a play on carbonara. Same thing as you can see a cocktail and you go, oh, you made literally a winter spiced version of a jungle bird. And then me and this bartender start talking and I'd been drinking a little bit and I go, hey, you listen to Tech Nine? (laughs) (laughs) Why did you assume that? Oh, no, I I didn't assume. I asked and he goes, yeah, you know, I messed him a little bit. I went to a Tech Nine concert once. And I was like, you ever make a fancy version of Caribou Lou? You know Caribou Lou, right? Um, the song? Maggie, can you get the lyrics for the Caribou song. Lou? I know the song. Yes, I know the song. I went to a Tech 9 concert. 151 Rum, Pineapple Juice, Malibu, Caribou, yeah. make them all numb, make baby girl come out of her shell, raise hell, keep it party till the cops come. How can you put... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, okay. there's a recipe for a cocktail called Caribou Lou within a Tech 9 song. And then me and this guy start talking about like the horrorcore rap genre. But that to me is like... Why I love cocktails because yeah. you can draw one thread, and I know people have that with wine and beer as well. I was gonna say, like, whenever you say 
it's it's live cooking in action. That's what Correct. cocktails are. There's an action to it. There's an action to it. But with something like wine, like there's vintners, there's like the soil levels, there's water content, there's different grapes. This oh, is there's similar. yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. you could go on and on. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. That. So it's so it's almost like if if you respect like gardening and cultivars <laughs> and stuff like that, then you're a wine person. But if you're like us and you like the art of like I don't know, again, impulsive, like fast, quick, yeah. like in front of my face, like I don't care if something's been like. Hanging out. I don't care about 1978 vintages. Like that yeah. doesn't interest me. I don't care about a beer from like Thailand that like 30 people have tried and like I get to try for the first time. That stuff doesn't interest me. But the actual live recipe building of a cocktail is very interesting. And I love when they taste it. When they taste it and they don't just hand it oh, to that's me. Such a special moment. I love that so much. Oh, the Do you best feeling that? in the world. I think I and asked- they go like this. They shake their heads. I asked somebody to make a drink. It was probably a penicillin, my favorite cocktail of all time, mm-hmm. uh, which is single malt scotch, lemon, uh, honey, sorry, ginger syrup. Single malt scotch, lemon juice, honey, ginger syrup, shaken, strained over uh, a rock, and then you float Isla scotch on top so it smells like a campfire, mm-hmm. garnished with candy ginger. That's good. Favorite cocktail of all time. I asked somebody to make it, and they were like, you know, it was like a hotel bar, but you could tell the bartender really cared about his craft. Sure. And he was like, I don't have everything, but like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you something that's really close. Um, and he, you know, mm. did a first attempt. Was this at the Streamies? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. This is in like sorry. Austin, Texas. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, did I, did I try to order a penicillin at the Streamies? I think so. That and then we up. had to go. Like, that makes we were sense. late. We were really late. We're like, I want to finish my cocktail. I'm like, Josh. Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah, Josh, that was at a bar that nobody else was at. Yeah, And yeah, we yeah. were looking for a publicist. I remember that. Look at us being Hollywood. Honey, look at us. If I can make it here. I watched the bartender <laughs> stick the straw in, suck it out, and then shake his head, pour the drink <sighs> out, start again. And I was like, my man, I would have drank in the discard, but. I love that, too. Or whenever they shake their head, and they're like, and yeah. then they hand it to I you. I love that, too. Gosh. We are so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues. And the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. Okay, did you go through phases where you were you were like into beer a little bit, you're into wine a little bit, and then no. you sort of settled into your pure shot of poison era? Um, yeah, I think there was a period of time where like me and David were just starting to date, and like he's like, I want to learn about wine. I'm like, cool, I can't <laughs> help you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we bought we bought like four different kind, four to like six different bottles of wine. And we bought, like, all the gear, like, all the stoppers and all the aerators and stuff. And then we tasted them. And then we were, like, going back and forth. And we were just talking about, like, what do you taste? And he's like, I taste this. Like, okay, I taste this. And then we would go and Google the bottle (laughs) and, like, and look at it and be like, oh, man, did you taste dark chocolate? (laughs) And he's like, "Mm, maybe I did. Okay, let's move to the next one. And we did that for about two days. And then it was, like, I feel like you're either somebody who it takes or it doesn't. And Mm -hmm. for me... Like in school, if there's a subject I was interested in, it was just natural. I wanted to read everything about it. It would yeah. soak in. Me too. 85% of subjects I wasn't interested in. Sure. And same. now we <laughs> wasted five years just to drop out at UCLA. And now we're here. And uh, now we're here. Um, but wine for me, it's always been a thing that just doesn't take. 
And it, it might be because I see it as, like, the most bourgeois delight of all. Yeah. You know, to me, wine is the most exclusive culture of club. all these. It's like a cool kid's club. Yeah, and, and even when I say I'm, I'm into liquor and cocktails, I'm not into, like, high-end whiskeys. I, I don't care about that. It's yeah, fun to try. I've had dudes. some— Whiskey yeah. dudes, sometimes there's some that are like approachable, and then some whiskey dudes, they are a little bit uh, annoying. Yeah. Like when you bring a bottle of whiskey to a pregame, they're like, how are you brought this? Bro, I won't even brush my teeth with it. Like a $200 bottle of Blue Label, that that does nothing for me. I'm very grateful. Mike Chris Amania, he gifted me one. I love that. I love that. I think David drank that on our wedding day. Yeah, it, it, but it's a very popular kind yeah. of like old school, big yeah, brand yeah. prestige yeah. alcohol. That, Johnny Walker, it, right? It tastes perfectly good, um, but it, it doesn't do anything for me. I love like these modern wine hipsters who are drinking all the skin contact rickets. It's scally, funky, isn't it? Uh, it's pet like nuts that just taste like kombucha, which again, I really enjoy. Do you taste the funky notes? <laughs> They're in there. And it's like, no. <laughs> I had a, uh, God, I, I went to a wine bar and I saw a new, was it Romato? Which means I'm it's sorry? Italian for copper. New color of wine dropped. Copper wines. They're out It's here. not orange wine anymore? No, it's what a if combination I told you? of orange wine and rosé to make. I oh. think it's Romato, which is Italian for copper. Maybe you Google Italian for, Italian for copper. Romato tomato. <laughs> That's what I always say. Um, but no, I, I love to find the weird, funky... You're right. Rame. Rame. Yeah, so it must be... I don't know. Orange but, and copper are like the same thing. No, they're not because this is a skin contact wine that was made in the same style. Is it rosé? I don't know. Is I don't it know. rosé also skin I don't contact? Know what, I don't know what the grapes, I don't know how you make wine. You, you stomp on it. You, you let the grapes <gasps> rot. Let's go. You mash it. Josh, aside from going to the farm. But then people are like, this is a six-day <laughs> steel siphon. And I'm like, I don't know. Josh, instead of us going to the farm, let's go work at a vineyard and do grape stomping. Like, we should. I Love Lucy. Do you remember we that episode? We need to educate of I, ourselves. Did you watch I Love Lucy as a kid? Yeah, sometimes. It's because it was like. Because I was on when I was sick. Oh, I was going to say because like it wasn't like on cable. So. Oh, yeah. It was on network TV <laughs> and I live with my grandmother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you ever see that when she's like stomping the grapes in Italy? Uh, no. Oh. It seems it sounds fun though from your description of it. <laughs> Let's do it. I would really like to. I, and then we can sell your foot wine and make money. Josh Share Foot Wine. Go to joshsharefootwine.com. <laughs> pre-order your Josh Share Foot Wine. It's a pet nat uh, half fermented I'll and carbonized. Put a toe in there too. <laughs> Special Nicole toenail edition coming out soon. Comes with a real piece of her toenail in each bottle. If you're lucky. I wish I was less ignorant about wine. I wish that I could but enjoy like, these bourgeois delights with all of my little bourgeois friends running around. Ignorance is bliss. You know? So maybe we don't need to be that educated on it. We or, can just enjoy it. I wish I could grow a beard. Because if I could grow a beard, then I could be one of those beard guys in San Diego. Dude, look at my Aaron, face. Aaron, right Denver, Colorado. <laughs> I have hair you on know? my face right now. <laughs> Touch it. Do you really? <laughs> A little bit. Oh, a little fuzzy. It's it's like a little nectarine. Uh, I I grew up thinking that like the height of fun and coolness in class was going Mm -hmm. to a like a brewery, which I still love going to breweries and I love beer as well. I hate going to breweries because it's is it because it's very dude centric. A lot of women love breweries. That's all I'm saying. But you know, no, 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 no. I just, I just, again, I'm not the the beer drinking culture. It takes so much to get you like even like feeling anything, and then you got a gut, and then you're burping all over the place, and you got to unbuckle your pants. And that's called freedom. Because someone got nachos as well, so you're eating nachos. Someone got nachos. I got nachos and like three pints of beer, and literally the body. I'm eating buffalo cauliflower wings. I cannot handle. I'm eating a jackfruit quesadilla. Like, oh, that'd be good. I feel like a weird amount of breweries have vegan options. That's pretty cool. We like inclusivity. But you don't get down with... <laughs> sorry. It's fine. You don't get down with beer at all, though. I don't drink... Like, I don't know. Like, like if we ever go out, like, do you ever see me drinking a beer? No. Very rarely. Do you, very see me, rarely. do you see me drinking beer? No. Very rarely. Because when you and I hang out, it ain't beer drinking time. When me and the boys are hanging out, Nicole, me and the, the boys, boys. The DPC boys. I know about the DPC. Del Playa's club. What's up? Love you, Sean. Love you, Dave. Love you, Emil. Love you, Marcus. Is, love you, Kev. Is, Miss you guys. Is Chad in that? Uh, no, Chad's not part of DPC. Oh, we, really? Me, me, Chad, Deep, and Nick. We don't really have a name for our boys' crew, but we went to a great brewery in San Diego. 
um, because that is sort of where modern brewery culture, that's where the IPA boom I'm happened. I'm glad you have friends. <laughs> uh, thinking of Stone, Stone Brewery. Stone Brewery, yeah. I remember the first time I had Stone's Arrogant Bastard Ale, which... Everybody remembers when they first had it. Even do, I remember, do, you, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember that. And I also remember whenever Delirium came into like the zeitgeist. Delirium yeah, Tremens. Yeah, yeah. I remember Pink going, elephant. I went to the Delirium Tremens pub in Brussels and that's I drank cool. two liters of Delirium How many pints uh, Tremens. is that? Two liter, two liters is sixty six ounces, so about four pints. Wow! Um, no, that's a that's like and what like nine point. And then I got locked in a bathroom um, at a Brussels sandwich shop trying to order this. a mitraillette. Yeah, I remember this. And so, like, those are memories that they wouldn't have been the same if I were drinking cocktails. Fair. You know what I mean? When yeah. you go to Brussels, you drink the beer. If you go to uh, the Rhone Valley, who is that a thing? Is it the Rhine Valley or the Rhone Valley? The Rhone. Rhone's in France. And the Rhine is a river. Yeah, they're all the Rhone. I think the Rhone's also. I don't know. But anyways, you drink the wine, yeah. right? Um, if you're going to New Orleans, you get Jello shots and syringes. Oh, did you have a daiquiri when you were there? Okay, when you say daiquiri, you don't mean the real cocktail called a daiquiri, right? That's like rum, sugar, lime. No, the you frozen, the frozen mofo. Big frozen Slurpee. Yeah, I got a big frozen Slurpee, <gasps> and the bartender Ooh. recognized Fat me. Fat Tuesdays. This was just called like. It's not in daiquiris. Vegas. Oh, Fat Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, and the bartender recognized me, and he gave me and Julia just a handful of. Jello shots, and it was a cold night, so the jello was hard. Uh, but the point is, Sounds actually, good. in New Orleans is actually the birthplace of modern cocktail culture in really? America. Cool. Um, Sazerac, the Sazerac, one of my favorite cocktails of all time, was invented there. We toured the Sazerac distillery. Very cool to hear the stories behind it. It was mm-hmm. originally supposed to be a cure for, I believe, yellow fever. Interesting because of the absinthe. Like, uh, the ab- it was the absinthe um, and the the bitters were supposed to be medicinal, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "Oh, this don't cure squat, but what a tasty drink!" Mm-hmm. And so, like Peychaud's bitters, where I think sure. originally it was supposed to be medicinal, um, but you know, I love the Pim's Cup was first brought to the United States from Napoleon House in New Orleans, and I got to sit cool. and drink all three of their variations of Pim's Cups with a nice muffalata and a bowl of gombo. Uh, and so experiencing the terroir, the culture of where you are. Sure. You go to Oktoberfest, you drink the beer. But you put all on three, the cute outfit. You wore, the, you wore the lederhosen? Well, I wore a dirndl, but the boys wore, wore lederhosen, yes. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the universe. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Opinions Are Like Casseroles. But before we get to the opinions, Nicole, you know what time it is. Are you making me a drink? No, God, that would be nice, though. It, it's 10.30. Now, I am on antibiotics, um, so I cannot do that. You actually, you're on antibiotics right I now? I think going to New Orleans just killed my body, spirit, mm. and soul, and I just got, like, infections. 
Josh. So it's the whole body. I have an infection of the body. If if this <laughs> were disgusting. the 1600s, Don't they would just say, say infection they would just again. say, well, that's what antibiotics are for. They're all for bacterial infections. If this were the 1600s, they would just say like, your humors are bad and they would have leached me, which I am not above. I think I should just I would do that. like to get leached. I mean, for five straight days, it was just like uh, liquor, gumbo, fried shrimp, and coffee to keep me going. That sounds crazy. Um, no sleep because that city's open. There are 24-7 bars there, but you don't want to go into them. You don't want to go if a bar says you can't get out. Julie and I went into a thirty and over bar. What does that mean? They had a sign that said no one under thirty, and they carded us, and they were like, "Oh, Julia just just got the deadline because she just turned 30. And then That's we went weird. in, and it was just people singing old R and B songs and dancing with bad knees. And it sounds was sounds like really my kind of party. It was pretty fun, actually. Um, anywho, now Nicole, it's time for reviewer review. My favorite. It's your favorite. Oh my gosh! And it's a segment where you take one of your Apple Podcast reviews and we review it ourselves. Oh, review I love us on Apple Podcast. We got it. five stars from Nice App saying, "Dang good show, Wowzers! This is a good show." Josh does an amazing job at balancing both humor and education, while Nicole brings a flair that complements the rowdiness and brings the show back down to earth. I've listened to this show since day one, and every time it's brought a smile to my face. Good Mythical Kitchen is a great watch as well. I too love it. Good uh, Mythical Kitchen. It's the best show on yeah, the Yeah, one star. It's not called Good Mythical Kitchen. It's just called Mythical, mythical Kitchen. Mythical Kitchen and Good Mythical Morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I yeah. I got a one star, this this really touching review that was very mm. genuine and I think touched on both of our strengths and things that we're proud of. Aww. But no, one star because Mythical Entertainment is the overarching property. Good Mythical Morning is its flagship mm. show and Mythical Kitchen is its spinoff. So for not understanding the very intricate brand language that we've decided means it's a something. Delicate, it's a delicate balance, understanding and, you know, yeah. get, getting getting all that information in. But I will give you two and a half stars yeah. because I'm kinder and more down to earth, as you stated in the yeah. messaging of your of your comment. Well, well, well I, think, I, I, I think if you were to apologize, Just Nice say sorry. App. Yeah, say it's sorry. It's Nice App 1222. I know you work so hard on the brand language, uh, <laughs> and I, I really made a mockery of that. If you said that, I would up it to two stars. No, I'm, I'm kidding, Nice App. That is you're a very sweet so review, and, and thank you so much. Everybody go review us thank on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so Podcast. much. Only you. if you're nice. Somebody did give us a four out of five stars. Um, Why? And they dropped a star because we had an ad for uh, a dog poop. dog Like uh, something about dog poop in our food podcast. We did? You saw that, Maggie? Yeah, Maggie's laughing. It was an ad for... I had to go back and listen because it's not one that you guys read. Okay, mm. okay. It was an ad for dog food that helped with their poop. Oh, yeah, well, that's, it's a food podcast, a and food that was an ad for food. What are you talking about? Well, all food becomes poop. Food is just pre-poop. Eventually, pre-poop. yeah, food is pre-poop. Yeah, we, have to, we have to hold space to Get talk with for the poop. program. Yeah. Yeah, we should have just been a poop podcast. <gasps> that's, that's Everybody poops the podcast. Let's do it. Uh, anyways, let's hear that first opinion. <laughs> hey, guys. So I just got married the other week. Mazel, Mazel. And I learned that my new husband believes that a... Rice Krispie treat is a cookie. Divorce him. <laughs> hey. And wait. God, doesn't that just tell you everything about love? I still love him. I still care for him, <laughs> so even cool. though he's so dead wrong. Can you back me up on this? Thanks so much. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. This Let's talk about it. A Rice Krispie treat in its square form, wrapped up, whatever, or homemade in a dish, that's not a cookie. Mm-hmm. I agree mm-hmm. with that. But... If you were to take the Rice Krispie treat, punch it out whole in a hole, make a make a circle, put frosting on it, put some sprinkles on it, I think it eats like a cookie. It eats like a cookie, but it is not a cookie. Like a cookie is something that has culinarily coated well, not all cookies DNA are, within it. That's not all cookies are. Well, not all cookies are. What round. binds every cookie? So there's I think it's funny. Th- there's in, different kinds of binders. But no, I mean, I mean, like, what what are the central themes running through? Flour, sugar. Okay, there's no flour in a rice krispie. I mean, a, a, so what? So 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 it's not a cookie. You just said a cookie has flour. I not agree all man. cookies. I have also flour. agree with this man that love can transcend people being absolutely wrong about things. But Josh, not okay. But what about like those those like cookies that are like made with like dates and like oats? That is that's like that's like the equivalent of a veggie burger, which is not a hamburger. It's a not a hamburger, but a, it's a burger. A burger, sure, and it eats like a burger, but it, it is meant to be a farce of what it is. It's meant to be a facsimile, an imitation. But so, this, this isn't about cookies because a rice krispie treat is not a cookie. 
It's simply if, not. If if you alter its shape and if you if you are able to kind of appropriate from cookiness, it can be. They serve similar purposes in the sense that I want something kind of dense and sweet. Yeah. You know, but in the same way that like a uh, granola bar might serve the same purpose as a cookie. Is millionaire shortbread a cookie? Well, so this is interesting. In Wish the I British canon, it is not a millionaire it's shortbread. It's a biscuit. And uh. which I think we use the term cookie very liberally. Right. In ways that make it, you know, um, difficult. Like in Mexico, how a sandwich is only something served on like sliced white sandwich bread mm-hmm. or or what is it called? Pan completo? Probably. I don't know. Or, or wheat. But it's on sliced sandwich bread because yeah. everything else has its own name. It's a torta. It's a pambaso. It's a hot dog. It's whatever. You know, uh, in Britain, they have more of that relationship with everything's a biscuit and then you have... A cookie, which would be like an American chocolate chip cookie. Mm. So, uh, but that's not what's at play here. What's at play is your love and your relationship. And I have a similar thing with my lovely fiance Julia, where mm. uh, you know every night we eat dinner and I cook some sort of vegetable. We like to eat a lot of vegetables, and I'll be like, "Carrots are the vegetable tonight," and she'll go, "That's not a vegetable." Carrots are a vegetable. And I go, "Of course they are." She goes, "No, it's like a root. It's a starch." Um, Carrots like, aren't a and I'll be starch. Like, okay, like fennel, and she's like, "That's not a vegetable." And so I had to go. What's fennel? I had to go. What are the vegetables to you? Name all the vegetables you know. And we found out she thinks there are like three. She's like broccoli, spinach, and zucchini. Those are the three vegetables to her. And I understand where she's coming from. She wants things that are More to savory. her a vegetable has to be something that's exclusively healthy and like savory and not sweet. Yeah, so like, you know, zucchini, broccoli, spinach, all those are dark green. They are dense in whatever nutrients comes from dark green things like Mm -hmm. kale and leafy greens she thinks are vegetables. Okay. But the other stuff, which I would say, hey, these all have their own micronutrients and they also have fiber. This is satisfying. But I don't argue it. And I end up making a ton of spinach. I end up making a ton of broccoli and I enjoy it. And I flavor them with things that I enjoy um, so that we both compromise and end up with a lovely meal and a lovely relationship. And I hope that you can find it in your heart to just admit that Rice Krispies are a cookie. Just lie to yourself. Just Relationships lie. about lying yeah, to yourself. Yeah, just lie a little yeah. bit. A little it's, bit. It don't die on this hill, right? No, like there's there's though. hills you're gonna die on. Don't make this the one. Yeah, you need little this lies. Is a relationship podcast. You need little lies in relationships to Josh, like a pressure valve. This like shouldn't a, be a this shouldn't be a food podcast. This shouldn't be a poop podcast. It should be a relation. We should give people yeah. relationship advice. I we do all the time, and we're great like, at it. Like call in with relationship problems, please. Absolutely. Oh my god, yes. Oh Valentine's Day episode. What are we doing for Valentine's Day? Uh, I have a date. Do you really? I'm married. No, but I know. Did you do? Are you going on a date with your husband? On Valentine's Day. <laughs> my husband. Your husband. Your my, husband. My husband? Your husband. Well, I don't have plans yet, but yeah. I'm oh, I don't know. You sounded like you had it all figured out because now I'm like, I don't, you know, Julie and I, we don't, you don't celebrate, celebrate holidays. So we don't. Really? We don't really do any of them. David and I like celebrate every anniversary, like every holiday. But like we're not like gift givers, but we acknowledge it and we do a little something special. Yeah, I'll bring flowers. She likes yellow roses. Hi, guys. I'm Raga, and I live in Georgia. I just want to say I love y'all's podcast. I listen to it all the time, and I watch Mythical all the time. I'm a huge fan. Um, I'm actually in college and kind of, like, trying to learn how to cook for myself. Go dogs! For the first time. Um, And it's kind of a lot. So what did you guys like first learn to cook is my question. And, like, how was (laughs) that for you? And what do you think, like, are there tips you can give me, like, certain things I should know? Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of flying blind here. I'm kind of watching y'all's videos and trying to follow along sometimes. But, yeah. All right, thanks. That's Bye. A good question. That's a good question, Nicole. Well, it. the first thing I learned how to cook was a quesadilla. And I'm really good at them. It's a good, it's a good first thing to learn it's how to cook. It's a good first thing to learn. And the thing is, if you don't want to use a pan, let, let me tell you, if you're hungry... And you don't want to, and you don't want to like cook. Like you can make it. You could make it in the microwave. You could make it in the toaster oven. You could mm-hmm. make it in the oven. You could make it in a pan. You can make it on a griddle. You can uh, tortilla plus cheese and spicy. Good. Agreed. Like it just is. But if you want to start leaning more towards like learning how to cook proteins, I would say instead of like a whole chicken breast or like a whole like cut of beef, super small pieces. Like yeah. and and marinate those pieces in salt pepper and all-purpose seasoning whatever kind of flavors you want just throw it in there and let it sit for like 
15, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, lean on prepackaged ingredients like that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can buy it pre-made. Like shaved beef is great. Like pre-shaved beef, lifesaver. So these small little tiny nuggets of protein, you throw it in the pan. They don't take much time to cook. So you don't have to worry about being in the temperature danger zone. You don't have to worry about like, like when I used to cut like chicken breast, when I used, I used to cook chicken breast, I'd cut it in half. It was so pink in the middle. I would mm. like, I'd be sad because I'm like, I know how to cook. <laughs> don't I? But no, I would still screw it up. Sometimes I still screw up my salmon. Sometimes I still still screw up my chicken. The smaller the pieces it pieces are, the less chance of it being raw and undercooked is. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and also like instant pots are great, large format. If you want to make like a big hunk of meat or like a lot of it, instant pot plus the pressure uh, the pressure button. Just use it. Use it, and you can have meat for like days. And that's my story. My the first thing I ever cooked was when I think my babysitter fell asleep drunk on the couch and didn't feed Crepes me. Crepes and risotto? No. That, so no no. The first thing I ever made was a grilled cheese when I was like six years old. Oh. Um, maybe maybe seven. Um, but I'd never used a stove before and I was so nervous and I thought I was gonna burn down the house, so it was super low. So it took me twenty minutes to make a grilled cheese. Um still takes you that long. But I, I learned how to cook <laughs> from necessity, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think that's the mother of invention. Like when I learned how to swim, someone threw me in a pool and was like is that how you learned how to swim? Yeah. Someone threw you in the water? Yeah. You didn't take, like, classes? No, I think I took one class. But okay. I was like, ah, it's expensive. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, if you either die or you learn to scrap at the water and then you're there. So I learned to cook from necessity, which sounds like you didn't have. Um, but the actual thing that taught me how to cook was simply time and repetition. Mm-hmm. And that there is no substitute for that. There's no sure. amount of recipes that you can read and memorize and, you know, uh, produce, you simply need to do it. It's the same for anything. You want to get good at basketball, play basketball. Get good at the trumpet. Maggie knows this. What do you got to do, Maggie? Do the trumpet. You got to do the trumpet. If you want to get good at cooking, you have to cook. You have to cook a lot. And then you learn things. So, for instance, right, first time I cooked that grilled cheese, heat was too low. It took me 20 minutes. Next time I cooked a grilled cheese, turned the heat up too high. It burnt it. Then you go, okay appropriate heat for a grilled cheese is medium and you take that learning and you apply that and i've now applied that over the course of 25 years since Mm -hmm. that initial grilled cheese to have just a massive massive rolodex and lexicon and that shouldn't be intimidating to you it should be a fun opportunity yeah your journey starts now how cool is that and at the end of the day you have to shove the fruits of your labor into your mouth you can't do that with a painting you'll die you will die do you ever try and eat a painting yeah, like, oh, like all the red, red dragon. Paint, all the lead paint I use. You've seen red dragon? Uh, not in like a long. I think I. I've seen it like seven times. Oh, you yo talk about psych, psychopathic tendencies. I Look love, at you go. Of course, I you love, love red dragon. It. I loved it. Yeah. Um. Start with one dish. Start with a chicken and rice dish. Make Filipino chicken adobo. There's like six rice ingredients. Is, rice is sometimes hard it's to make. Got, buy buy a rice. Uh, buy minute rice. Buy minute rice. Buy a rice. Microwave it. It's good. Then learn how to make rice. Sure. Last one. Hi, my name is Mr. Max, a uh, huh? longtime stalker, first-time Who? talker, oh. and I <laughs> hope you enjoy the view from the window. A magical sauce that needs to be experienced by more people. Right, if right. you mix, uh, like a buffalo sauce, okay, with like a creamy horseradish sauce, Ooh. it's freaking amazing. He has the best. Um, stay in school. Don't do drugs. Don't, don't do all of the drugs. I was going to say, I regret to inform you of at least one of those things. Um, we didn't I dropped stay out of school. school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Mr. Max, you sound like you have a very trustworthy voice, and I trust you and your choices with uh, culinary mixins. I gotta pay. Josh. <laughs> what would you put horseradish buffalo sauce on? Um, Wings. Yeah, Obviously. especially like a smoked wing. Get that Ooh. kiss of smoke on there. The horseradish cuts through that like it would like a prime rib when you got all that fire on it. That was a keys. That sounds good. I recently, <laughs> okay, so I was trying to make bitty bitty chicken at home because I love me some bitty bitty chicken. Just say peri peri chicken. Bitty bitty chicken. Like why? Like what do you gain? That's how they say it in I South Africa. I have to know. What do you in gain? In South Africa, they say peri peri chicken. I know, I know, I know. But you were born in Virginia? You'd never been to Hoodsprite? Where were you born? Hoodsprite. Where were you born? In South Africa. No, I was born in uh, Columbia, Maryland. Oh, Maryland. I'm sorry. I mix them up all the time. What? Why do you say peri peri chicken? Peri peri chicken. Because it's South African. (laughs) 
that Jared De Laurentiis would say. But, but, like, but like, what I'm do you just gain playing from it? around. <laughs> oh, Nicole, fine. You say tortilla then. Like, what do you want from me? No, tortilla is fine, but I don't say tortilla. Why is tortilla fine, but tortilla is not? I don't like to say it. I don't need to put an infliction on it all the time. But you're already honoring the Spanish double L. Okay, yeah, you know? but like to an extent, I don't need to like prove to everyone I know the proper pronunciation. But I don't know what's what's proving and what's not. Like if you go to an Harry Argentinian Harry restaurant and you see P A R R I L L A D A, Pablo Rito. <laughs> I guess okay, Argentina. Do you know what like an Argentinian mixed grill is called? No, I don't. P A R R I L L. A-D-A. Parida. I-L-L-A-D-A. Josh, this is not a so spelling bee. Maggie, can you spell this out? Can you type this Josh, out? This is, this import- is not I'm sorry. a spelling No, because everyone talks about... Th- my. The end of my chicken story is that I bought a thing of <laughs> uh, Buffalo Wild Wings garlic <laughs> buffalo sauce, and it was good. That's it. But now this is more important. P-A-R-R-I-L-L-A-D-A. Okay. How do I say How that? How would you say that? Pat... Parilada. 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 No, decide on a pronunciation. Because you did it three different times. Decide on what you go and you order this. I've never heard that word said before. So from I can, Carlitos Gardel Argentinian Carlitos, Steakhouse. I love Carlitos. You're getting, because this is the best thing on the menu, you're ordering that plus mixta. That's their big plate. I would How say, do you pronounce that? I would say, I would just point to the menu and say, this? No, you wouldn't. You would, yeah, would. You would not cop out. I would. Completely. I, I you do would. the thing at a Vietnamese restaurant where you just go from number 57. Yeah, I do that. No way, man. I'm of course swinging. I do that. I'm do you think I'm going to embarrass swinging. myself? Do you think I'm going to embarrass myself and butcher something number like number 57? This is no. a very common Spanish word. No, I've never heard it. It has before. the same construction as the word tortilla. Parida. Parillada. Parillada. Except okay. in Argentinian, it'd be parijada. What I say, parijada? I don't know, but I, I go there and I don't know. If somebody is Argentinian, let me, let me tell you what I Because I get do. accused of. Uh, j- listen, I. Jada de la Rentasing is good. Jada de la Rentasing is. We should be trying to pronounce things. De la Rentasing. Pro- yeah, de la Rentasing is good. De la Rentasing. Okay. I don't think. I don't know if the whole Josh, family's I'm not done. here to make you mad. I'm just saying you don't need to do it. You don't need to constantly tell people, I know how to pronounce that's this not, thing. That, but that's, it's like, how so why are you doing it? I understand that certain words are naturalized. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say spaghetti. You know, Spag- certain words have been naturalized. So you'll, but say, then it's, so you'll say spaghetti, but you, say won't spaghetti. Say, but you won't say peri-peri chicken. You'll say... Okay, no, the peri-peri, that's, that's a joke. That's what it is. I would joke? say peri-peri chicken. Oh, yeah. looks like somebody's uh, taken back with the No, because peri-peri, listen, that Somebody's comes, taken back with And it's not a they South African, it's like Mozambique, and then it has Portuguese influence. But the point is like this, I would go to an Argentinian restaurant, and I would say parijada. And I would go to a Brazilian churrascaria and not say churrasco, I'd say churrasco. Okay, I'd say churrascaria. Why? It's just, it's wrong. It's lazy. And it hasn't even it's been. It's wrong. It's lazy. It's incorrect. But you know what it is? It's American. <laughs> it's American, god dang it. I'm eating barbecue. I would say the original uh, Taino Arawak word, barbacqua. barbacqua. <laughs> I know barbacqua. This was great. Did you get out a lot of emotions by doing this? How much am I supposed to say the word's more good or bad? I don't know. There's no rules. There's no rules. I think you should just keep doing you. I'm sorry for for pointing out something. And every time maybe I, I say mian instead of mian for <laughs> Chinese noodles, people get mad. And notice the way you said Michelin in the Gordon Ramsay episode. You know what? You know, okay. Yeah. So Gordon Ramsay, it. Last Meals, greatest episode I've ever done. Go watch it. I liked it. I said Michelin. Do you know why I said it? Because that's how he says it. That's how he says it. And you wanted to respect him because it was an interview. Correct. And, and Michelin, that, French company. But then, like in the middle, you said Michelin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No one's perfect. Sometimes Jada probably just says scary. <laughs> <laughs> we got to wrap this damn podcast Fine, up. fine. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, abbreviated outro. Thanks. See ya. You know where we're at. Call if you've us. made it this far, call you've us. figured out when we publish the podcast. 833-DOGPOD1. Call us. Yeah, give us uh, your relationship problems so we can solve We're going to solve all of them. Parillada. <laughs> no, it's parillada in the parillada. Argentinian. Maggie, look up a video. Oh, say parillada no. Argentinian. No, no, no. It's because it's on Spanish. It's not Argentinian Spanish. Yeah. It's not Argentinian. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's different types of Spanish. Yeah, there it's are. Big. There it's are. big. It's so big. <laughs> you hear people from Quebec speak French? It's like barking dogs. <laughs>